You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 23 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchotts. I am joined today by an experimentally large panel. I don't know how this is going to work out, but we're going to give it a go. So, in alphabetic order, because it's the only way I can keep track of things, joining me from the complete other side of the planet from Europe, I have Alistair Jenks. Hi, Alistair. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning? Yes. Okay, it is for you. <laughs> so that means you're in tomorrow already. Yeah, I'm still in tonight. That's me. Okay, well, welcome aboard, Alistair. Um, I haven't had you on in a while, actually, so it's good to hear you again. Thank you. Then, on the other side of me, on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, we have Antonio Rosario with us again. Hi, Antonio. Hey, Bart. Good afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed it is for you. Uh, somewhere in the United States, we also have Conrad uh, Joriak back with us. Hi, Conrad. Hello, good afternoon. So, okay, so you're obviously close enough to New York to still be an afternoon. Yes, there's, I think, only one hour difference. Ah, okay. Then maybe for Mark, it's evening. Hi, Mark. Hello. Yeah, no, no, afternoon. Afternoon for you as well. So that's Mark Pauly, yeah. by the way. Um, Thank you. Hi. And then Hi, I guys. think in the same time zone as Mark, we also have Victor Cahier with us. Hi, Victor. Hey, Bart. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. So, guys, it is summer, um, which means that people go on holidays. If you're in Europe or in vacation, if you're in America. And... A lot of people bring cameras when they do such. And I thought it might be interesting to talk about some tips about two different types of photographs people are likely to take while they are on their holiday slash vacation. So the first thing I'm going to get to is, I'm calling it capturing the event of the holiday. In other words, you and your family are going on a family holiday, so you want some photographs to remember the family things you did. So it's you're trying to capture the family holiday rather than where it was, if that makes any sense. Now, this is something I pretty much never do because I don't really go on that many family holidays. Uh, so I'm very much going to be relying on you guys for this. So I think we may just start off alphabetically and see how we get on. So, Alistair, do you have any thoughts on capturing the event of a family holiday? Well, similarly to you... I I mean, I went on family holidays when I was the kid uh, mm. and probably not done that many with my kids, certainly not in a long time. But, yeah, I got to thinking about this this um, part of the the podcast and really when you have a, a wife who insists on not being in the photographs and two cute little kids running around, there's really only one type of photo you're going to get and that's of kids playing. Um and I was looking through some old photo albums and that indeed is what I've ended up with is is cute young children and in interesting uh, settings, often to show where they are as well as what they're doing. But um, once they stop being cute, there are no more photos. Well, then they become teenagers and then they, they join your wife behind the camera. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Which is where you'd also find me. So <laughs> if it was well, that's family, the other thing. be empty. That's the other thing too, not so much uh, on a holiday slash vacation, but at a, a family event just, you know, in someone's home. I find that because I'm the one with the big fancy camera, uh, I get pinged by my mother to take a photo, take a photo. And everybody arranges to have a couple of 
prescribed photos with you know certain people in them and we the, the most that I do is try not to have everybody staring into the sun or the camera staring into the sun and have something of a nice backdrop. But that's that's not me. I, I tend not to take photos of people, um, unlike Antonio, who takes a heck of a lot of photos of people and they're quite amazing. But I've just always taken photos of things and I guess my own children are the only things that have broken me out of that. Oh, I think we've lost the line to, to New Zealand. Or no, I'm we... still here. Oh, well, you were gone for a second. Oh, must be Skype. Yeah, we'll blame Skype. Um, do you want to just repeat the last sentence? Because I'm not sure how much of this has gone into the recording. Okay. Yeah, so I've, I find that I only take photos of people when it's my own cute children. And other than that, it just... It, never occurs to me it's not that it doesn't interest me it just never occurs to me to take photos of family members unless i'm asked to okay uh, antonio do you have any thoughts on this i'm also one of the people who doesn't do a lot of family. so we all hide behind the cameras well yeah i mean usually if i'm going on a trip it's just me and my wife and so i know she does not like to be the only person in the picture so I Can try to respect selfie that. Selfie stick then is is the answer. Let's not do the selfie stick. <laughs> Sorry, that's like a hand grenade into take it. Conversation. And break it on her knee. If I'm going to do any kind of shot like that, it's I will grab my iPhone and I'll reach around with my arm and we'll just take a picture with our arms wrapped around each other. Um, I will kind of rarely want to give my camera to a stranger to take a picture with, um, but I'll do it sometimes. It depends on the context of where we are and how yeah. I'm feeling. Yeah, I try that in some places and I wouldn't try that in others. Yeah. Um, but now I've got one of the Fuji mirrorless cameras, which has Wi-Fi connectivity. And so I'm more likely now to put a little like um, uh, gorilla pod tripod in my bag or my pocket with me, like a small one, mm-hmm. and be able to connect my camera to that and then use the Wi-Fi connection with my iPhone to uh, trigger do a self-portrait of the two of us. So that's the kind of, that would be the kind of shot I'd do. But if I'm with my wife, more likely than not, I'm not taking a lot of pictures of her uh, in in this situation because she just doesn't want to be the only person in the picture. And then it's also not great. You know, it's like the whole vacation is a picture of her, you know, so. Yeah. Makes you try sense. to minimize that. Uh, if you're if you're using the GorillaPod, can you can you trigger the shutter with like a delay so you can have the phone not be in front of your face or whatever? Yeah, it it's easy to do that. I just don't like you know running and trying to get into the shot you know within the ten seconds that I have to yes. uh, to do with the self timer. So now that I've got the Wi-Fi, once I set it up, I can just sort of put my finger over the trigger. Um, and then just look at the camera, and you know you don't really see the iPhone too much, so it's not like oh, okay. it's a big deal. But I don't like you know if I can avoid the self timer, I would like to because then you know while I'm running over the rocks to try to get into the picture, I trip and fall or something. Then Could make back for entertaining pictures. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I ended up in a cast. Yes, that's happened to us once on a trip. Really, the first day we went to Austin, Texas, actually the first. Uh, morning, my wife broke her ankle. Oh, so, yeah, and so it was a whole trip of her with her foot up in the air on the car in the cast. So, yeah, it does kind of take the fun out of it, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, Conrad, do you have any thoughts on on f- taking pictures of the family event of a holiday? I, I think I do. Actually, you guys mentioned selfie sticks, and I was in California a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and the number of of selfie sticks that people have right now it's it it broke my heart really. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's it's actually it's horrible. I was really like I was so uh, kind of devastated, thinking like. It's it's really sad. I don't know why, and I I have no idea why we don't like selfie sticks. But it's just I don't know. It's it's horrible. I think it also creates this lack of interaction. You could always come up to a stranger and ask him or her to take a picture, and there was always this point of you know having an interaction and you know exchange a few words and learn something where the person is from, etc. Now it's just I have a selfie stick. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that was. I wanted this. I wanted to share with you that pain for some reason. Anyway, let's let's get back to your question. Um, I yeah. So I think one of the things I, I, that I did in California is I uh, I took for the first time only uh, a mirrorless camera. I usually uh, travel with a DSLR, but after hiking in Utah and Ar- and uh, Arizona uh, for like. 10, 20 kilometers, I decided that a DSLR is definitely too heavy for me. So I decided to take, um, I think it's an Olympus uh, OMD EM10. It's a really small and lightweight camera. I rented a couple of lenses. Uh, it was the, the, the first time I took only a mirrorless camera with me. And I was a bit scared that, you know, I was not really... Uh, aware how this camera performs in different circumstances and I think vacation or holidays are excellent opportunities to test new gear uh, because you are not you don't have to be stressed really um, you know for for picture quality or video quality because you don't do a work for a client if you if you work as a freelancer and you know you have to test a camera in different circumstances, and you 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 don't have a different camera that you can you can try and you know you are forced basically use to use this camera. That and that's what I did. Uh, so this is kind of like a tip for vacation. And also, uh, I what I try to do I I try to avoid asking my wife you know stand there and I will take a picture. I always try to. Uh, do kind of like a, a reportage um, of the vacation and, you know, maybe not to pose her. I also try to include uh, the the place in the background. And I also try to be a bit of creative. You know, maybe I always, I won't always take a picture of, you know, her face, but maybe of her hand if she holds something that is significant to a place or, you know, just a, a a part of her face or, you know, a picture from the back. Um, so there was, I try to, you know, of course I will ask her from time to time to stand in front of something and take a picture, but I try also to be, to have those creative shots apart from the regular snapshots. Um, cool. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's it. Also, I try to, you know, if you have kids running around, there's also this whole experience. If they see something for the first time, maybe it's it's interesting to capture that, this experience, the expression on their face. I think that's, that's also more, it's more important and uh, has much bigger impact when you view the pictures later 
on the computer and you see the, the whole experience that you can see the feeling the people had uh, on their faces when they experienced something during their vacation time. So, so maybe if you're at SeaWorld, point the camera back at your family sometimes and not just at the dolphins. Yes. Interesting. Mark, do you have any thoughts to chime in with on this on this bit? I do. I, I everybody's everybody's going to know what Mark's going to say because I've I've said this before. We've shared it before. But two years ago, I was uh, given the gift of a grandson, our first grandson. And, Congratulations uh, again! I'm there sure you go. That yeah, because he's his his number two birthday is uh, on Tuesday, and we're going to celebrate it today with a barbecue. But anyway. I digress. Do you know how much um, time flies, Mark? It seems like only yesterday. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> but uh, so he has uh, his, his existence or, or joining the family has really added to my uh, shooting people as opposed to just shooting landscapes. And, and I mean, certainly over over the years of having kids, I've always been the uh, the one taking the pictures on on vacations and so forth, but my experience or learning curve on photography has really changed over say the last five years and um having having now the grandson for the last two and going on vacations i 'm really integrating shooting people, shooting my family in those vacation settings, but with sort of the knowledge and experience that i 've gained uh over regular photography and um it it's kind of fun to transfer that knowledge and you know good composition and things transferring those over to shooting the family um so that I can create stories create stories about the vacation as opposed to just a whole bunch of uh set posed pieces so um and you know and I I wrote myself a few notes, some of the different things that I that I do along the way, but we'll share that as we as we go along. But it's definitely um, a great chance to to branch out and and use the skills in a different way. And and shooting the family on vacation is is a lot of fun for me. Cool. Victor, do you do you have something to chime in with? I do. Um, a couple of things. First of all, like in my family, because we often go on vacation with uh, my mom or my wife's uh, parents or aunts and uncles, it's important that we consider like accessibility as well as scenic when we're going on vacation. You know, can they actually get to where we want to take pictures because of mobility issues or something? Mm. So that, that's something that uh, I think sometimes enthusiasts like me, you know, focus too much on the location and the pretty scenes and not so much on, I should be when it comes to the family, which is capturing candid moments, capturing pictures that are going to be around, you know, maybe 20 years from now, a family member will be able to to look at those. So the other thing that I make sure I do with family stuff is that I archive it not only in my normal places, but in places where family members can get to those pictures and download them. So if I should lose them, they, they also have a an opportunity to get at them. I think, I think that's an important thing. It was mentioned before that, um, selfie sticks and volunteering. I do that a lot, not the selfie stick part, but I do volunteer a lot when I see people in family gatherings and one of them is taking the picture. So, you know, I'll happily go up and if it feels correct, I'll 
more than be happy to volunteer to shoot that picture for them so that they can be in it. And oftentimes people are okay with that. But like was said before, more and more people are using selfie sticks and not even bringing uh, point-and-shoot cameras. So some of that is not as, as necessary. My last point on this is really kind of minimizing the equipment, and that's no matter what now when I'm going on vacation. Uh, I now use Fuji mirrorless cameras as well. So I try to keep things just very basic, couple of lenses and the camera and the light tripod, and that's all. I, I was looking at... Um, at a picture the other day that I took of equipment that we took when we went to Glacier National Park, and it was gross. It was like five bags full of stuff. And this was five years ago, and I'm like, I'm so glad that I don't have to do that anymore when I go on vacation, especially when the family is involved. I just don't need to take that kind of gear and don't want to anymore. Okay, Alastair, you had another point you wanted to bring in. Yeah, I, one of the reasons I don't take photos of people, um, you know, unless it's a, a set piece, as it were, mm-hmm. is because it's hard. It's hard to get a good photo <laughs> that I'm happy with, right? People move, um, you know, they have, there's a lot of depth. They're usually close to you, so you really have to um, you know, worry about depth of field and stuff like that, and the lighting can ruin people's faces. But... I've been scanning my father's photos um, back from the early 60s and I've uh, come up past, uh, I'm almost, I think I'm in the 70s now, so I now exist. (laughs) And I'm having a fantastic time looking at all the photos that he took of us as kids. He was in the Royal New Zealand Air Force, so we had gone to different parts of the world when I was very young. In fact, I was born outside of New Zealand. And there's lots of fuzzy photos, uh, overexposed, underexposed, and they are fantastic. So while I'm worrying about my own photos looking not so good and not very happy and not taking them, I am so glad that he did because it is such, uh, you know, and these are times that I don't remember because, well, before I existed, obviously I won't, but even when I've, you know, before age about five or six, I don't really have that many memories. But this has been a, a great journey going back through these old photos. So it, I guess the point is don't worry too much about the technical stuff for these because the memories are going to be are going to make up for that. Yeah, get something. Get some. Let's, I'll remember that. Um, Antonio, you wanted to throw a picture into the discussion just as an example. Yeah, it was the one, the one shot that uh, I have where I gave my camera to somebody. They seem to, to know the what they were doing because it's a really nice photo. <laughs> I'll stick it in the show notes, by the way, for everyone. Yeah, like, it was maybe... actually... Well, Sorry, I'll let you ahead. describe it because... Well, it's a it's a shot of me and my wife. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit of what we're talking about. I mean, it was an, it was an event in the city. Um, it was called the Jazz Aids Festival, and everybody goes dressed as uh, as if you were from the 1920s. That does so explain wife... the outfits. Yes, so... Uh, my wife and I uh, dressed up appropriately, and they had a whole bunch of old cars there. So we uh, jumped the line, and, and uh, I was trying to take a selfie of us using my arm. And then a woman came up and said, uh, do you want a picture of you? So, you know, not to be rude or anything like that, I, I decided to uh, let her have the camera and uh, take the picture. 
when I was happy to do so. But it was in 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 the spirit of what we're talking about. You know, there was this event, and uh, it was a place and time and a different location. Actually, we've never visited the Governor's Island, which is a little island that's off of uh, between Brooklyn and Manhattan that you have to take a special ferry to go to. And uh, we thought it was quite nice. I jazzed up the picture though a little bit with uh, <laughs> with an application to make it look a little old to fit. Yeah, the, uh, but you know, the, the whoever you know, the the, the person, you know, the, the third party, for want of a better term. I mean, they composed it well. They, you know, it, you had something to work with there. Yeah, it was a. It was. It's actually turned out to be one of my favorite pictures of the two of us I've seen in a long time. I'm sort of obsessed by it <laughs> in a way. Um, and I intend to print it out. Actually, I might have some time today to print it, but uh, I want to put it in a frame and and uh, hang it up. But it's certainly that that time when you know uh, being in a place and trying to take the picture myself it wouldn't work. I couldn't. I I, I didn't have my little um, gorilla pod tripod to work with, and there was no place I could have hooked it up to anyway. So in this case, if I wanted the picture, I would have had to give the camera to uh, a third party. Um, and it was actually, I'm not sure if it was my iPhone or not. I can't remember now, but later on we had a, there was a group of us and I did give over my Fuji camera to, uh, this person to take a picture of the whole family at this event. And again, it was the context and it seemed fine. I was, you know, just press the button here and look through there. And of course I had to do some cropping and stuff because they couldn't quite center the picture, but, uh. Yeah, well, that could be as long as they don't do it too tightly. I guess you can always fix it. Uh, yes, that that's right. With a with a large megapixel camera, sixteen megapixels, I can crop into it. <laughs> so just make yeah. sure we're in the make sure we're in the box. Cool. But yeah, it's the same same kind of thing when we're we're traveling. It's the same. Um, in fact, we were just traveling in our own you know in our own neighborhood. So yeah. um, something a few people have have mentioned, which is probably worth going into in more detail, is. That perennial decision of out of all of the stuff what I own, what does go with me and what stays at home, and how do we decide what to bring or not to bring? Um, so I'm gonna since I haven't spoken up on anything, I'm gonna pop off first on this and say that I actually bought a lens specifically because I figured this will be my travel lens, and I ended up using it an awful lot anyway. But basically, I bought an 18 to 250 mil super zoom. So that I could have one lens, I put it on the camera in the morning, and that's it. I can walk, I can do whatever I want, I have the one lens with me, and it'll give everything from close-up macros for little detail shots to wide-angle you know, landscape shots and anything in between I care to think of. So my approach is one body, one lens, plenty of memory cards, and as many batteries as I can fit in my bag. Um, it, will we, I suppose I keep going in order is probably the safest thing. Alistair, any thoughts on gear? I don't actually have a heck of a lot of gear. I've got uh, just the two lenses and two batteries, basically. I suppose I have a circular polarizing filter. But, you know, I, I went out and bought a bag that fits it all in. So now I just pick the bag up and that's all I ever use. And that would be true of just, you know, going out for a walk locally to take some photos or going on holiday. It's just another bag to pack. Uh, in terms of which lenses... 
I when I got my current camera, I got it uh, instead of with the standard eighteen to fifty five kit lens. I splashed out a wee bit and got an eighteen to one thirty five for very similar reasons that you got your uh, eighteen to two hundred two fifty. In that, it can do almost anything. It can you know going back to eighteen is is useful. Going up to one thirty five means um, you know. As Antonio said, you can get it in the box uh, in a quite reasonable fashion. Whereas with an eighteen to fifty-five, if it's something over there, you're not really taking a picture of it. You're taking a picture of its surroundings. So I like the the extra length on that one lens. So I could leave my other lens behind, which is a fifty-five to three hundred. But I'm a an aviation geek, and the chance of a plane flying past just about anywhere is too much to resist. So I need to keep that with me. I'm surprised you don't have like a 500mm zoom tied to your leg or something. It's only money that's stopping me, Bart. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Antonio, any any more thoughts on what to pack and what not to pack? Well, this is the inevitable dilemma that I have about going on a trip. Hmm. Um, um, because I have to balance out, like, I'm going on a trip. Uh, how much of it is going to be, you know, how much time am I going to have to take pictures uh, on my own, because um, I really don't want to walk around with, you know, a bag of my gear when we're when I'm with my wife and we're shopping or we're doing something. It's 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 for me. I have to have two different mindsets. So if I know I'm gonna have some time on my own, I might pack a little bit more gear. But you know, as I'm getting older, as we all are, and there's probably not enough ibuprofen in the world sometimes to get rid of those aches and pains. I'm really <laughs> wanting to. I really want to pare down the amount of stuff I have ca- carry with me. Yeah. Um, sort of force myself to try to do more with less, you know. Um, and I always imagine if I'm going to go on a trip someplace again in the future and I'm going to go with my wife, I should go someplace ahead of time, a week ahead of time with all my gear and get all the pictures out of my system. <laughs> and then when she comes, I'll have I'll just carry around one small camera with me. But uh, well, that's an I don't interesting know. It's theory. One, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well. I would like to. I would actually like to do that because, you know, I, it's it's hard to walk around with all my gear with my wife and have her be patient with me while I'm taking pictures. So it's the, again, it's that balance. If we're going someplace together, I will not carry that much with me, um, and I am now much leaning towards these mirrorless cameras. Um, this my Fuji X100T is pretty much attached to my hip all the time, and. Um, I, that would be probably the first choice of equipment I would take um, most places. If I'm if we're going someplace unique and, uh, you know, like if we're going out to the Midwest or something like that or the West or, you know, Seattle or something like that, I might bring all my gear and, and you know, worry about taking pictures. But at the most part, I'm trying to carry less, less stuff. And if I could uh, pare it down, you know, so that I only had uh, – Maybe two small mirrorless bodies, one with a zoom lens. I'd be really happy with that, and that's it. And just deal with, and just deal with it. Um, cool. Yeah, Conrad, you've already mentioned that you had great success reducing yourself to just the micro four thirds this time. Any other thoughts on uh, gear for traveling with? Yeah, sure. Well, a long time ago, I used to actually take a lot of gear with me. And my strategy was that um, I basically gave my ex-girlfriend half of it. So she was carrying half of it. Yeah. Unfortunately, after that vacation, she broke up with me. 
<laughs> you think there's a relation and between those I... two things? I'm sorry? You think there's a relation between those two facts? There, there might be, yes. And basically, after that, I changed my strategy, so I learned something from it. <laughs> um, no, I think I think uh, taking less, like everyone else said, is, is important. And actually, I also noticed that by taking much less gear this time, I mean, in last couple last during my last vacation um i also was able to enjoy my vacation a bit more uh and take a bit less painkillers afterwards or actually during the the vacation but uh, one of the essential gear that i always uh, take with me and it's extremely small and lightweight and quite useful are plastic rain sleeves um that you can get i online for sure and almost in every photography store it's basically a piece of plastic that you put on your camera and it protects your uh, your gear your your camera and and the lens from rain and i found it extremely useful so you just keep them in your pocket in case you need them is it yes it's really small it's, it's it folds you can put it even in your wallet and um I also the one since we talked about specifically about uh, gear, uh, the the lens that I rented for my Olympus was a fourteen to one fifty millimeter lens, which effectively on Olympus cameras it's twenty eight to three hundred millimeters, oh, yeah. and ninety nine percent of all the pictures I took uh, were with this uh, this lens. Cool. So th- this whole thing of a super zoom seems to be coming into its own. As we go through I this think discussion. so. Yes, you know the, of course the the optical quality is not as good as of other uh, lenses, but it, you know for for vacation photography, it's not always. As I said, it's not always. At least for me, it's not always mm-hmm. about the quality; it's about the experience that you capture. So by 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 bringing less gear, the whole thing is more positive, even if maybe the pixel peepers wouldn't agree. Absolutely. Cool, Mark. Do you have any more thoughts on this? Yeah. So. Um... I'm like you, my primary lens, it actually are my primary lens is the exact same lens as yours. Only it has the Canon mount instead of the Nikon mount. It's the Sigma 18 to 250. And, um, when I'm, when I'm shooting, when I'm on vacation and with the family doing an outing or whatever, I will, I'll leave the bag behind and just carry the camera, um, with that lens on it. And, and that gives me, as, as people have said before, plenty of flexibility as far as uh if i'm if i'm in the event and up close you know going wide on the 18 but if if something's going on a ways away it gives me the the ability to zoom in and just all kinds of flexibility so that's that's certainly not going light it's not like uh you know it's i i really enjoy the idea of the micro four thirds or the mirrorless that uh, antonio and everybody's talking about for that event but you know, for me, it's it's part of it's the investment of you know what do I have and and what am I going to keep using and generally I like shooting with the DSLR that I have and that's sort of been my solution to that is the is the ultra zoom the eighteen to two fifty gives me a lot of flexibility. Not to stray too far from the topic that we started with and that is shooting the event. I also find vacation. Unlike everybody saying that they go light, I tend to take everything I have because I don't know what I'm going to do. And then this last vacation, I went 
even beyond that and rented a 600 millimeter zoom to shoot wildlife and that was anything but going light it's <laughs> that was a monster but it was great fun so i i use vacation time as as the opportunity to to do some of that experimentation and having some fun but we, we can talk about that either on this episode or, or the next one but that was a lot of fun cool victor yeah, I keep it pretty simple. Um, last vacation, I took the Fuji X100T and did everything with that, and that worked out fine. Uh, I now have an X-10T with uh, two lenses, a 24-millimeter equivalent, and an 18 to – no, sorry, a 55-285 equivalent. So I'm keeping it basic. I set a light tripod, a couple of neutral density filters, and that's it. Antonio, you're, you seem to be the only one throwing uh, pictures into the mix for the show notes, so I'm going to let you <laughs> describe the two more you've thrown in. Actually, I really like the first of the two because it tells me that you're, you know, even when you're on holidays, there's still a camera in your hand. Well, that was the, uh, um, where we're leaning on the... Uh, well, you, yeah, you're on the fence and the something. camera is there subtly. Yeah, there. It was a, that was a rainforest in uh, Puerto Rico, and we went there for a nice little holiday with a couple of friends and uh I gave my friend my this was my Canon G9 camera so I missed that camera it was a really really nice camera um but obviously you can see in this picture that I'm I'm carrying a lot of gear with me I mean I have the sling bag over my shoulder you can't see it but I've got my Nikon I think I was carrying two Nikons with me and a bunch of lenses so um it makes the picture makes me look really relaxed I was going to say way. you seem like you're having a good time yeah, we had a really, really, really good time. And I had some, you know, that was one of these trips where I balanced out bringing, I mean, I actually brought a lot of gear with me because I had not been to Puerto Rico before. If I'm going to a location for the first time, I might tend to bring a lot more stuff with me. And then in this case, I was going to, you know, I haven't been to the Caribbean in a long time and I, I decided I would create a lot of pictures for my stock agency there. So I figured I could sort of, you know, in those moments when I'm not, uh, you know, having fun with my wife and her friends, I could go to the beach and take stock photography. So I, I made that choice to bring a lot more gear there. But this was, again, this is not, you know, it's funny. It's on my photo stream. I didn't take the picture. You know, it's not my, essentially, it's not my copyright, actually. <laughs> Technically speaking, if if the monkey example is anything to go by, yeah. Technically, yeah. I don't think my friends will, you know, have a problem with it. But, uh yeah, I did not take that picture. And I I just said, can you just get the, you know, some of the rainforest in there? And we just sort of casually yeah. uh, relaxed there. And then the other shot I put was was me doing a selfie, I think, with a D300. That's quite heavy. Possibly. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the XF data is on there. It could be my G9. I can't remember. Uh, actually, it probably no, it's my... your Parashot G9, according to the yeah, it is a Yeah, it is G9. Yeah, so that's a little easier to... To grab. Yeah, because the thoughts of taking a DSLR and doing a selfie, that, that's brave. I've done that before, but with a 12 to 24 millimeter lens. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that with the, the 18 to 250 we've been mentioning. No, no. And actually, I, I had an 18 to 200, which was um, what I used to call my weekend lens. It would be great to throw that on my DSLR, and it just covered all the bases. So... Again, the idea of just going around with one camera, even with, a, with an extreme zoom lens like that. And I would you know, agree with Conrad. It really is about the less stuff I'm carrying, the less stuff I have to worry about, the more um, I can enjoy the location that I'm at and not get so wrapped up. And again, you know, it's a vacation. It's not a job. 
Yeah. So uh, even though sometimes I'll treat them as a as a job sometimes because you know, I'm going to this new location, I want to take stock pictures, I can write off the trip as a business expense, you know, sort of a uh, little bit of both there. See, the one thing I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another thing into the gear mix there. Something else I never am without if I'm traveling with my camera is um, I've bought into the cotton carrier system. So I have the the chest based harness, which is great if you're out walking and stuff. But also the the side slinger one on your belt for if that's just a little bit too awkward. And that way I don't carry a camera bag. I just I just take the camera with the the, the holiday lens for want of a better term, the the super zoom. And just clip it into either the the belt holder or the the chest mount, and then that's it. No more no more stuff. And you know, I I just hate having a bag. Actually, I think that's probably why why I do it. Um, unless any. Oh, hang on, Victor, tell me that's not the gear you took to one holiday. That is the gear I took okay. to one holiday. I'm gonna have to yep. see how I can include this in the show notes because people that have is to see this. Ridiculous. Are you suggesting that was perhaps not a good idea? I was a crazy person. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I was a crazy person. All that's gone. My gear now is one tiny bag and one small tripod. That's it. The older I get, the less I have to have. So, so how long were you going on holiday that you took that much gear? 15 days. And how? What percentage of the gear did you use in those fifteen days? Uh, probably all of it. Okay, well then it's not completely. My, my wife's gear was here too, so it was my wife's and mine, but mostly mine. <laughs> well, at least you used it, I guess. If you hadn't used it, that'd be the, the real example of what not to do. Yeah. So you, you took no clothes or anything, right? Because that's that's no. We were traveling by car, and so <laughs> there was clothes and uh, all of that stuff as well. But uh, I just don't recommend it. I I put it out there, Bart. I'll leave it out there in my service. You can link to it, just because it's a really bad example. And what five years can do to growth in a particular area like this, whether we're shooting for family or for landscapes, and that I just don't think it's needed anymore uh, for a person like me. That's all. Yeah. Victor, what did you take? Because I, I, I can't imagine what's in those bags. Are those <laughs> cameras or filters? Well, what's what's inside? Two bodies, probably six lenses, uh, filters, my wife's camera, uh, the tripods, um, flash gear, just anything you can think of. Uh, binoculars, <laughs> you know, there was just way too much stuff. That bag on the right, I know, has got about 18 bottles of Advil. <laughs> or, yeah, that feel probably was right. And and my wife used to shoot with me then, so she was into it. But uh, that would not be the case now. But there was only two of you schlepping all this stuff around. Two of us, yeah. Mm. We were huge targets for robbers that they would have gotten Jesus, yeah. a hint of it. Let me put it that way. That's true, actually. That's, that, that, that's not good. Because if, if you leave it in the hotel room and they know it's all in there, that's not good. And if you bring it all with you, you're going nowhere. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so. that's, that's the other problem of bringing too much gear on a trip, I've noticed, is that you have to really decide what you're going to do with it. And um, either bring it all with you and stick it in the car and then worry about, you know, how much of it do you have to leave in the car when you're going out onto a little, you know, hike do you leave it in the hotel room and the hotel rooms are not very secure and you don't really have a safe to carry, you know, so there's all that, you know, 
um, decisions you have to make about. So if I just have one camera, you know, I can just bring it with me and I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alistair, you just popped a pic into the chat here. Is that a, like a 1950s selfie? 60s, but yes. Um, full manual SLR, because that was, I think, the only one you could get at the time. And clear selfie arm, as Antonio likes to call it. And uh, two selfie arms, oh, in fact, in the picture. Stereo. Yeah. Um, yeah, and backgrounded with a couple of bright windows and whatnot. So I thought it was quite an accomplishment, actually, that it was uh, that it had come out so well. Excellent. Okay, well, I'll pop that in the show notes as well. And then, Mark, you've thrown two exceptionally cute pictures, and I have a question for you, so I'll pop them in the show notes as well. Were you in a wetsuit when you took these photographs? How how can you get pictures like this? So, well, do you want to describe them first? Sure. So... Uh... There's two different pictures of my grandson in a, in a, flo- a turtle floaty. I think it's a turtle. Um, and sort of the the theme of my topic is being creative and uh, with the, the composition. So the first one is him in the floaty and uh, basically looks like he's in open water. There, I, I shot it in a way that there's nothing around him, just open lake behind him, and it looks like he's sailing away. And no, I'm not that bad of a grandfather. He actually was – there's a dock right there next to him, and his parent is just off off of frame. And um, I'm standing probably knee-deep in water and using the Zoom. So uh, basically with some creativity as far as – positioning myself and positioning how much zoom I have it uh it looks like we're we're right in water level and uh and uh he's sailing off into the sea the uh other picture is uh, he is close to the shore hmm. and uh there's a there was a duck swimming through the swim area and I'm actually out on the dock laying down flat on the dock so that I can Basically, the lens is, you know, really close to the surface. And again, with some creativity with the uh, where I positioned myself and how I used the zoom to to focus on the duck and have him a little bit out of focus. But he has this inquisitive look. Um, So that it's both of those are just some creative positioning no i don't have a wetsuit on i'm just probably in my swimming suit or something but uh, my gear did not get damaged and <laughs> and so by basically by what you have not included in the photograph these are actually very easy to do they just look really cool yeah yeah and 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 i think that that's sort of the uh at least one of the messages that i have and that which has been just tremendous fun for me is being creative you know trying to trying to get that image and i could have easily and, and i have a whole whole pile of pictures of him in the floaty and he's cute in everything it doesn't really it doesn't really matter what i do he's going to be a cute kid so uh being creative with the uh composition and and where i put myself and things like that i i get some i think some really fun pictures that hopefully will be memorable for him and his family as as he grows up and it you know it's just a lot of it it it, a lot of creativity in that and i I enjoy doing it those those are two of my favorites from actually last year yeah Yeah, they they certainly make i I don't know how you could look at those photographs and not smile 
challenge anyone to. Anyway, Conrad, you've dropped a link into the chat here as a recommendation. Uh, can you explain what it is and why it's cool? Sure. I think you mentioned about uh, you mentioned camera straps mm. at some point, and it reminded me that well, I hardly ever can recommend with such an enthusiasm a gear, but this one I think it's really worth it. It's from a company called Peak Design. And it is called, give me just a second, uh, it is called Capture Pro Camera Clip. It's a two-part device. Uh, one part goes onto your uh, uh, bag, uh, backpack strap, either left ah. or right side. And the other part you attach to the, uh, uh, at the bottom of your camera where basically the, yes. uh, the, the tripod connection goes to. Uh, and it makes basically you can hang a camera on that clip, uh, and it makes your camera immediately available whenever you want to shoot, and you don't have to carry the camera uh, in your hand and hold it with your hand when you when you walk or where you, when you hike. And it is a really, I think, nice device. It is extremely secure, but what you can get, you can always have a camera strap around your neck as a for safety, that's what I do. Mm. And they also have an uh, Arca-type plate. So basically, it also works with most Arca-type uh, tripods. So there is no need you know, to change the, the plate. Yes. Uh, and it's, I think, in my opinion, it's an extremely useful uh, little thing. Excellent. It, it solves actually exactly the same problem as the, the stuff I was talking about, the cotton carrier, which has that same feature that you can have your tripod plate and you can clip into the harness. And so this makes a lot of sense if you already have a backpack because why wear a harness when you have a perfectly good backpack? So I, I, yeah. this is really cool. I it is a bit it. pricey. It might seem a bit pricey. I think it's around uh, $80, but it is really totally worth it. Oh, and yeah. if any of the people from Peak Design listen to it, you should sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I don't have sponsors because I don't want to be beholden to people, but you can donate. <laughs> you, you should donate. Or give a prize, actually. We give it away to the listeners. That will work. Um, actually, it says here it's sixty four ninety five at the moment for a reduced price. And you say it's expensive, but the cotton carrier is about $180. So it's all relative because at the end of the day, you're trusting it to hold on to your gear. So you don't want cheap stuff. Okay, well, I'm going to... And actually, let me just make sure there's no one else in the chat waiting for my attention. Um, ah, okay. So, uh, Victor, you've included an after picture that I will stick in the show notes along with the before so people can see that... Uh, there has been quite an evolution on your part. <laughs> okay, I'm going to transition us into part two of this, which is capturing the place. And on the one hand, you could say, but Bart, you're just talking about landscape photography and street photography, so how is it different? But I think the fact that you're away, that you're on, you're, you're in a place that isn't where you usually are, and you're with family and you have, you know, there are limitations of being on holiday that I think probably mean that you have to approach things slightly differently. So if anyone has any thoughts or tips on how you manage either the practicalities of not making the family cranky while still getting your nice landscape or street style photography shots or anything at all sort of related to capturing the place you're on holiday, um, as well as just the fact that you and your family are there. Um, are you happy to go first, Alistair? Sure. Um, yeah, not annoying the family while you're doing it is the hard part. Um, number of times I've sort of stopped and tried to take a photo of something and then turn back and see 
not quite tapping foot, but the look on the face. Uh, and when you've got young children, they just don't care. They just carry on anyway, wherever you are going. Um, like things like if if you're on a, a road trip, you know, stopping the car to take a photo of something. That that's actually something I have trouble doing, um, even on a normal day. If I've just gone out somewhere and I happen to have the camera in the car, I'm like, oh, that's a nice shot. Oh, I can't be bothered trying to find somewhere to stop. And I, I think when you're on holiday, if you're going somewhere, there's somewhere you, you're aiming to get on a given day, you always sort of have the the feeling that you you kind of want to get there rather than spend time along the way, which which is unfortunate because if you take a little longer, sometimes, sounds like a cliche, but the journey is, is um, the better part of uh, the holiday rather than where you're going. Mm. Uh, and... You know, sometimes I just go for a drive because of where I'm driving through and I take my camera and I do stop and take photos of things and the destination's not anything to do with it. So I I don't know why on a holiday I always feel like I have to actually be somewhere and I don't have time to stop, especially when I had young kids and I deliberately, you know, made for a longer journey so that we didn't spend hours along, you know, at one time in the car. But inevitably, I have almost no photos of the journey uh, on family holidays. What I do have is when I go somewhere particularly interesting, which has not happened that many times in in my own family, uh, is I see things as new and different and interesting. You know, there's a park. Well, that looks beautiful. I'll take a photo of the park. There's some beautiful trees there. And there might be some playground equipment to add some interest. If that was a local park... I wouldn't even give it a second thought to take a photo of it. And so I think the mere fact that you are somewhere that you're not familiar with is is part of what helps you see the beauty in, in the area and take photos of it. You know, I look at um, Mark's photos of the lake where he goes on, on his vacation and it looks stunning. Now, I live in a coastal area. There are um, estuaries, lagoons, you name it all around here and many of them okay they're not quite uh, Washington scale uh, of uh, bodies of water but many of them are very very photogenic do I ever get out and take photos of them occasionally but uh, you know I, I really don't have the mindset to take photos of things that I'm familiar with so the mere fact of going on vacation for me makes me take my camera out more often so you should do a staycation and then get lots of cool pictures of your home I, I occasionally do that. I took a week off work recently and the plan was that there was no plan and I, I, I lucked out. I mean, you said at the start it's summer. It's not quite down here. No, that's true. Um, I lucked out on the weather. I had, uh, you know, took uh, six days off work, including, you know, with a weekend in the middle. So eight days and I think about six of those had sunshine and so I just got in the car with a camera and started driving. So I do do it occasionally, but that's... You know, maybe like once a year. Mind you, that's more often than I go on holiday. Well, there you go. Uh, Mark, you wanted to jump in there. Yeah, I, I thank you, Alistair, for the comment on on the pictures from the lake. But I, I, I this is um, I have found that since I've been shooting there now for a number of years, um, it's becoming familiar to me. <laughs> so, Alistair, you talk about uh, you talk about not getting out 
locally to things that are probably would be good subjects for pictures, but you don't think about it or you don't get out because you're familiar with it. And, um, and I can certainly see how that's true. And, and also I find that as a challenge now on my vacation spot where I've gone and taken it to me, it feels like the same picture a million times. And I would suggest to people if they, are you know if you go on vacation a lot to the same place um and so you're not thinking of it as a special maybe photo uh, photograph opportunity or you you can't be creative i what i've done for myself is i kind of give myself an assignment i'll bring a new piece of equipment or i'll decide that i'm only going to shoot reflections or i don't know i i i'm now kind of drawing a blank what i've done for myself but um it helps you look at that place new and different and really enjoy it and then translate it into a photograph. So that, for me, that's how I've been able to do it. And, and maybe that translates to the, to the staycation, uh, shooting the beauty around where you live or if you're going somewhere where you vacation a lot so you've kind of grown accustomed to it or taking it for granted, that... That's how I keep it fresh for me and and hopefully then for the people that I share my pictures with. Cool. Um, Antonio, I think you're next on our uh, alphabetic listing. You might have to refresh the question for me. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So I sort of lost my you're, train of thought here. You're in a place. You want to capture the place, but you're on holiday, so you have all of the limitations of being on holiday so yeah. how do you balance out keeping the the, you know, the family happy yeah. oh you know all of the stuff that goes with being on vacation how, how do you deal with that it's it's a relationship thing <laughs> it's just you know alistair was saying yeah the foot tapping uh being aware of that um often what i'll do is i will start to set up sort of a bargain with my family my family being my wife it's just me and me and her mm. and so you know, if she wants to go shopping or walk around or sit, I and I'll say, look, I mean, you know, can I get fifteen minutes, twenty minutes to go over here and take pictures? Um, just, I'm just trying to strike a bargain with her uh, for that time to go off and photograph. Um, and it really is like reading the situation. Uh, so if she's impatient, you know, I'm not pushing my luck. So it's a real, it's a real balance. It's. It's so one be, of the be aware as well as very much aware, very much aware. And you know what? I I know she loves me, and I know she loves. I'm a photographer, but she often doesn't really want to hear all that. Like, well, I just took this great shot of oh, you know. I, I try to keep that to a minimum too. So it really is respecting, you know. And and the thing is, to flip sides of it, I, I can imagine me being her, and all of a sudden her disappearing, and you know doing what she wants and I don't get to hang out with her. So it's just being aware of, of the other person or the other people uh, who are with me at the time. So it really is a juggling, juggling act. Um, I, I try to pay a lot of attention to that because I do not want it to be something where she says, like, the next time you go, we go on a trip, you're not bringing your camera with you. So, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to find that fine line of, you know, where I can get the pictures I want. So, you know, we strike balances, just bargain a little bit. And then, you know, when, I'm, when we're done, I'm done. I put the camera away or put it around my shoulder. You know, if we're walking, I might grab a shot, you know, while we're still walking around. But 
I will not say, you know, can I have another half an hour shooting time? <laughs> cool. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it difficult for the people who are around me, um, because then it just then I'm affecting a lot of people just so I can take some pictures, and to me that's not worth, you know, making everybody um, unhappy just because I want to grab a shot of you know some seagulls flying with you know, bird you know bread in their mouth. So it's not it's not that big of a deal. Conrad, do you have any any thoughts? Well, I wanted to say that long time ago with my ex girlfriend, <laughs> but no, no, not this time. Well, what I do is uh, whenever we go, I try to do a lot of research about the place and if there are any interesting things um, in this place that I would like to photograph, and I spend at least a few hours, uh, a couple of hours, uh, researching online to see uh, maybe if there are only other photographers who were there. Uh, sometimes I found photographers who create special websites about the place or a city, and they actually give you um, some tips uh, on when and what to photograph. And I, from the top of my head, there is, if you just Google, there is a great, um, great... Um, photography uh, tip PDF file created by a photographer about Washington, what to photograph in Washington and when also, you know, throughout the, the year and also what time of the day. So I try to do a lot of research. Uh, I also uh, have uh, different applications and, and websites to see if I found something to see if I want to photograph it during the size sunset or sunrise. So it gives me, it shows me from which direction the sun Rises or uh, from which direction the sunrise, the sunset is. Um, so I try to do a lot of research, and if I find something and I know I want to photograph that, I try to make it very clear to my wife that I will need a couple of hours on this day in the morning to photograph that place. And I don't remember any situation that she said no. Now the problem that we are having, or I am having since we moved to the United States a couple of years ago, is that the way we do vacation has changed completely for us because, you know, everything for us is new and exotic. And we try to see, wherever we go, we try to see everything and visit almost every single place, uh, which by the end of the day makes me extremely exhausted. And I'm really bad in planning days. And, you know, at the end of the day, I would like to do some night photography, but I'm not able because I just fall asleep immediately whenever I see a bed in a hotel room. So this is the problem that we are having. And maybe, you know, uh, that's something also important that, to, you know, to plan your day if you can. And, and try to be realistic. Yes. Bear in mind that you don't have infinite energy. Yeah, excellent. Uh, oh, where's my list gone? Who who was next alphabetically? Mark. Any, any more thoughts to add to your thoughts from a wee while ago? Yeah, I, I, just very briefly, and then I'll let Victor jump in. The other thing that I would say is make time. What I tend to do is make time for myself. So uh, get up early. I I love to get up early in the morning and head out on the boat or or uh, walking along the lake or whatever. And that tends to be when I do most of my landscape shooting at the lakes when I'm out on vacation. Um, and if we're traveling, I try to do the same thing. I try to figure out some time that I can block out for myself early in the morning or whatever that, that I can go out and do that. Cause frankly, it's, 
I I don't like to make the family compromise. They, boy, I tell you, I don't know how many times you know they've they're very patient. They let me do it, but they're not happy all the time. So I just try not to force that compromise. So try to plan my time in a way that I get out and and shoot on my own. Victor. Well, I want to echo a couple of things that have been said. I do some research and how we're talking about places that I want to shoot landscapes when I'm on vacation. So like it's been mentioned, I'll do research about things like, are there any restrictions on use of tripods? Because some cities like San Francisco, for example, won't allow you to use a tripod in the city at all. So I definitely look into that kind of thing. I also have an application that I use on my iPhone that is called Focalware. And uh, this is an application that tells me, you know, exactly where I can go to any time of the day where the sun is going to be at that particular time, you know, compass heading wise, where it's going to be. So it makes it really easy to, uh, you know, try to choose the spot where the sun is going to be hitting where I want it to hit. So I, I definitely do that. Being considerate is a big part of it. Mostly I vacation with my wife. And uh, because I want to shoot at the golden hour, sunrise, sunset, that means I'll leave really early. So I have to be considerate of things like, am I going to have breakfast? Or when are we going to have dinner? If she's not going to come out and shoot, then I have to be more considerate about those things. And one thing we've done in the past is we've said, well, you know, we'll only do those kinds of activities twice within a five-day vacation or a seven-day vacation so that the other days we don't have to be worried about you know, shooting at those odd times, we can just enjoy the day and enjoy the vacation. Uh, like it's been mentioned, it's it's just a fine balance between, you know, capturing the family and spending vacation time and doing what we love to do, which is shoot pictures in beautiful places. So I think you just have to work that out with your own family and with yourself so that you you can kind of have the best of both worlds. It's definitely possible. I just wanted to add, Victor, after when you were saying a golden hour, uh, it made me think that uh, I posted actually a picture of uh, my family when we went to Cape Cod. And one of the things I did when we were on this trip was I decided to go out really, really late at night and do some astrophotography <laughs> and and do that for the first time. And, and uh, Bart, I'm not even close to your level of... Uh, of doing that, but what I did was I, I set up. Uh, I might even talk about this on a previous show, but I, I, I think I, I know where a, this is going. But it's a good story, so yeah. No, I, I, you know, it was like eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock at night, and I just went out into the into the parking lot of the hotel that we were staying at, and we were on Cape Cod, so it was pretty clear sky. And I I set up my jacket on the top of my car, and I put my camera with like a. I think a 35 or a 50 millimeter lens on it. And I just pointed to the sky and I did a mirror up thing. And I just, I just started taking shots and I got some really good ones. And it was the first time I ever did what I would consider astrophotography. I wasn't using a telescope or anything like that, but I was pointing up and, uh, and actually getting pictures of the Andromeda galaxy. So, um, so not just the golden hour early in the you know morning or or at the or dusk. I was like, well, you know, late night. My wife, she's in the you know she's in the hotel, reading or sleeping. I was like, well, that's a good time to go out and do some night photography, and I'm not bugging anybody. So it was a it was a good it was a good uh, it was actually great because I never did it before. So it was a great experiment, you know. It's a great suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna throw in a few thoughts of my own before we wrap up. Um. 
A strategy I've sort of we sort of adopted in the family is that there are we always block out a few days in the holiday that are or, or, or half days actually rather than days that are just you know quote unquote me time where everyone just does whatever the heck they want and no one is allowed to whine about it. Uh, and so what I, my my approach tends to be have the camera with you at all times, snap a picture if you can, but don't hold people up, and make a mental note of places that you think are worth coming to on a me half day. And then wander back when you have the me time and snap the, you know, really have at it then. That's sort of my my approach for not making too many eyebrows raise or feet tap or crankiness be encountered. Folks, I just want to say thank you very much. This has been a very big panel and it could have been chaos, but actually it's been really good. So thank you very much for you guys for being so considerate to each other. And let us do the introductions, but let's go in reverse order because poor Victor has been last on everything. I, I should have swapped it around a bit. Sorry, Victor. Oh, no worries. So do you, I believe you have a new show that to tell people about. So do you want to plug that? I do. Thank you. Uh, I am just starting this show. So it's called terratech.tech, T-E-R-R-A-T-E-C-H dot tech. And it's going to be a show about all things tech in the world. I'm going to have my own thoughts as well as bring in enthusiasts and professionals in all disciplines from computers to photography, to physics, to astronomy. Who knows where it'll go? It'll just be about tech. And it's something I'm doing on my own. And I'm very excited about it, uh, getting back into that format. So go check it out and subscribe. I do have one show out there so that we can prove it does work. My first interview is going to be with somebody from Fuji. Uh, We're going to be talking about the process of uh, getting their old film stock turned into software within their cameras and uh, the sensors that they use uh, versus full-frame DSLR sensors. Cool. Excellent. I'm going to subscribe to that. Something to do while I'm on the bike tomorrow. Thank you, Victor. Uh, Mark, do you want to give people some links and don't forget to tell them where they can get your lovely pictures of the Twin Lakes that you take on your holidays? Absolutely. So on Twitter, uh, I am SwitcherMark. And sort of I, I try to update posts as I, as I put new things out. My uh, photography website is twinlakesimages.com, and I try to keep that updated. And uh, as I referenced, I just came back from vacation with my family on the lake. And uh, while I was there this year, I rented a 600-millimeter lens and uh, got a lot of shots of some eagles, uh, some baby eagles that were there at the uh, lake this year. So that was a lot of fun, and and I have several of those posted. And just reminded myself as I was sitting here thinking about it and thinking about Telling you about what you should go look at, I realized I have a blog post that I'm <laughs> that I need to finish writing. I actually yeah. started a blog post about renting the lens and what that experience was like, and some of the images. So I think uh, uh, I just gave my incentive, gave myself an incentive to finish that post and get it up uh, in the next day or so. But uh, that's where you can go and see my photography. Excellent. Okay, uh, who have we got next? I'm so bad at this alphabet thing, Conrad. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, I, the, I think the best place for, for people is to visit uh, my website. And I think if I'm going to be more often on your show, I should come up with a easier uh, domain name. Because my last name is not the easiest one. Uh, I, will, I will spare spelling. I will just 
tell everyone if if you want to visit my website, visit the show notes um, of this podcast. And well, the, the link will definitely be there. Um, and, uh, what I ended up doing, because I have a similar surname problem, I registered bartbushas.ie and then realized that was a terrible idea. So I managed to get Bart B and then redirect one to the other. So maybe if you can huh. try Conrad D or something. I'll give it a try, yeah. We'll look for it. Okay, uh, thank you very much. Uh, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, now, who is next on my reverse alphabet? Antonio. Yeah, you can find me lurking on Twitter a lot at amrosario. My website is amrosario.com. And uh, spending a lot of time with my partner Tom at the switchtomanual.com website where we're doing our Street Shots podcast, which is uh, doing pretty well. So check us out, Street Shots at switchtomanual.com. And uh, Twitter, we're at switch the number two manual. So Excellent. Uh, and as I say every time, I highly recommend your show because... I listen to it all the time when I'm out cycling. Thank you. <laughs> Keeps me entertained, which is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but thanks for having me today. Always a pleasure. Uh, Alistair, do you want to give people some links? Sure. I have the uh, opposite of Conrad. I have an online handle that is ZKARJ, which is pretty unique and pretty much everywhere. Uh, but the simplest place to go is the website ZKARJ.me, where you'll find links to everything else. Uh, and I will just mention that uh, I also have a occasional podcast. Uh, if you are into music and you don't feel like paying for Apple Music, check out the Sitting Duck podcast at sittingduckpodcast.com. I love the icon for that show. Yeah, that goes back many, many years. It's, it's a duck and a cross here, but it's, that makes me laugh. I don't know why. But anyway. So people should listen as well as laugh as enjoy your icon. Folks, thank you all ever so much. Um, there are going to be detailed show notes over at lets-talk.ie. There's been a fair few photographs mentioned during the show. They'll all be up there. And there's also been apps and stuff mentioned. So there'll be links to those in the show notes as well. And while you happen to be there, there'll be two large blue buttons in the top left of the sidebar under a heading support the show. I would greatly appreciate it if people would do so. Um... The aim here is to break even, and although we're getting closer, we're not quite there yet, so any support is appreciated. To those of you who are already Patreon supporters of the show, thank you very much. You guys make it possible for me to keep doing this, and I really do appreciate it. So with that all said, I've been your host, Bart Bouchard, so you can find me at bartb.ie, and until next time, happy snapping. to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey, man, were you listening to Tim and David on the Tech Fan Podcast, man? Yeah, man, I heard about them in the lockup, man. It's on techfanpodcast.com, man. Oh, yeah, and it's on the Stoplight Network, too, man. That's really far out, man. I didn't even know you were into that stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, like, really a geek, man. I've raised my awareness just from being on their site, man. Well, that's heavy, man. What was the website again? It's techfanpodcast.com, man. And don't forget about the Stoplight Network.